Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning. Come on in and pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are so excited to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cam Clutter is once again and always our faithful barista. And our friends in the cafe this morning are brothers, Dan and Damian Boyden. And we'll be talking with them about carrying, carrying faith through the family from generation to generation. How you doing, Amanda? Oh, so well. How are you? Awesome. Would you start us with a prayer? Yes, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we, we praise you for another day, for your goodness and for your blessings. And we even thank you for all those little sufferings that come in the form of a cross. We offer them to you. Teach us to call out to you at any moment of our need, to always unite ourselves to you, to die to whatever is not bringing us closer to you. We ask that you give special graces to our families, that we would all strive in our faith, that we would come to know you, that we would come to love you, and that we would be ever more united to you. We particularly pray for those of our family members and our friends who are away from the church. We pray for special graces for them. We entrust ourselves and all of our prayers in the hands of Mary and through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amanda, you've been getting ready for the Columbus Catholic Young Adult Conference. That's right. Yeah. It's going to start at 8.15 Saturday morning. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Not too late to register. CCYAC.org. Dr. Ralph Martin and Sister Mary Grace of the Sisters of Life will present the keynotes and as you mentioned, Amanda, the conference opens at 8.15 at St. John Newman up in Sunbury. And the day wraps up with a mass at 4 p.m., followed by a barbecue. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> and St. Gabriel Radio will be there. We'll have a presence. That's right. I'll have a booth there, and I'll have a fun spin wheel with all kinds of prizes. That could be one, so... Come check out our booth there. If you're young. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dave. <laughs> Us youngsters will be there. <laughs> and it'll probably go later than if it was our, us old people. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also coming up later today, Bishop Fernandez will be celebrating a special mass Uh in for peace in the holy land and this will be at the cathedral uh 1205 uh the mass will be followed by a holy hour with the rosary and everyone of course is welcome to attend uh the mass and the holy hour will be streamed on the diocese of columbus youtube channel for those that are, are unable to be there in person and of course we'll also be broadcasting the mass here on saint gabriel radio at 1205 so you found an interesting article, Amanda, I think uh, I'd like to talk about for a few minutes. This is uh, entitled, I Want More Purpose in the Everyday. 
Yeah, yeah. So I read this article the other day. And Dave, I'll be honest with you. Um, I thought the article was really good, but there was something that I felt was just left me wanting in this article. And it made me a little upset. Um, but the article... Well, let's talk you down about, then. Yeah, yeah. Help me <laughs> out. Um, or, or tell me if maybe I have a, a right to be kind of justly perturbed. But um, so it talks about this gentleman. He know he's he's kind of asking this question of, have you ever been a place spiritually where you feel a little unsure about what God is doing in your life? You're wondering about your purpose. You're kind of feeling bored and restless and feeling unsure. And so of course I, that caught my eye. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've felt that before. And he, he goes on in the article to say that his spiritual director gave him great advice, reminding him that, Actually, this is much of the everyday life of a Christian, where we're walking humbly with the Lord through everyday minuscule tasks that we're ought to do with great love, right? Like running errands with the spirit of joy um, and encountering our brothers and sisters with a spirit of patience and joy. And, and you know, he goes on to also say that we have those mountaintop experiences in our life. But really, it's the ordinary days lived out with love, patience, and trust. Okay, yes, I, I agree with this article full-heartedly every day, day-to-day, this is how we ought to live. And we're not always going to have the mountaintop experiences. Um, but he kind of ends it there. Mm. And, uh, you know, he, he just talks about striving your daily purpose and serving others. And, and yes, but where I was left wanting was this spirit of, okay, yes, but what about reaching for more? Like, what about, I, I don't know, cultivating a greater awe and wonder with our Lord of, I am called to greatness. And uh, sometimes, yes, that greatness, like the article says, is doing those small things in in love but if you're feeling called to do something great do it and don't just fall in line and see you know everyone's kind of doing their day-to-day task but but really I think it's about following the Lord and what he's calling you in your own life and if that means more then shoot for more (laughs) you know absolutely well I think let's let's tomorrow is a great opportunity to look for that mountaintop experience right with a Columbus Catholic Young Young Adult Conference, you know, the Men's and Women's Conferences, the Sacred Heart Congress. I think it's awesome to have these opportunities and to be able to pursue and look for those mountaintop experiences in that sort of setting. I think the risk, though, is if that is all there is, is just going after mountaintop after mountaintop and not finding God you know, in the valley also, so to speak. Yeah. Or just being a conference goer, a retreat goer. Exactly. You know, we we ought to be seeking God who is in those things and not just using these as a social encounter with my other brothers and sisters, which we, we should, of course, do that, but to also allow your heart to be transformed and changed. And... Uh, so this article, yes, makes me think of the goodness of living our everyday life, um, but also to to step out in faith if 
if we're really to and to recognize that we are called to sainthood to and to not downplay that for ourselves one i think too there are opportunities in the day-to-day life even to find mountaintop experiences uh you know being present to what the lord wants to do in our lives from moment to moment you know sometimes sometimes there will be you know that great consolation other times it's found in very much the simple things as you mentioned of serving others spending time working on our interior life but yeah you know what i mean so but even in the day-to-day why can't we make time to have that wonder and all you know i think of beautiful music or art or just on a beautiful sunny day just to recognize that this is all gift from God and he loves us so much that he gives us, you know, these opportunities to have awe and wonder. Right. And, and in that awe and wonder, it makes me think of seeing how God speaks to us in different ways, like being open to the thought that maybe God is speaking to me through something I see throughout my day or someone who I encounter throughout my day. Okay. For instance, sometimes when I take my walks, you know, I'll see a butterfly and it reminds me of transformation and it reminds me of growth. And so I say, thank you, Lord, for the reminder that you're always calling me to greater transformation and, and deepness and relationship with you. You know, that there are ways that God wants to speak to us. And if we use those to awe and wonder at his creation and what he gives us in our day-to-day lives, I think that could start to cultivate more of a, yeah, awe and wonder and relationship with our Lord. And it, be- it begins with that awareness that God is with us through every moment, right? And kind of take that for granted. I If if we have developed that prayer life, that interior life that, um, that everyone has. So what we're encouraging all of you to do, all of our friends to do is to just start with that awareness that God is in your life and that he is present. Today's gospel reading gets to that a bit for me, just with the need for uh, daily conversion. You know, it's, this is a passage from, let me get on the right page here from pages are stuck. Yeah. Luke 11. And he, and he's talking about, you know, the, the demons that leave the house, come back, find it clean and and bring seven more demons into the house. So where we found consolation, where we had a closeness with God yesterday, we have to do it again today. You know, every day presents its own challenges, its own opportunities, and we can't live in the past and we can't live in the future. We really look for that gift today and for God's protection, for his guidance, and for his consolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you have it. Wisdom from Dave and Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's wisdom from on high and he's just using us as tools. <laughs> if there's wisdom there, sister, you can be assured that it's his. Yep, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say hi to our friends, Damien and Dan Boyden. Gentlemen, welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Good morning. 
Awesome to have you with us. Brothers, Brothers Boyden. <laughs> so, Daniel, you are number seven? Correct, yeah. Damien, number eight? That is correct. Is this... How many Boydens are there all together? Twelve of us. Twelve, yeah. okay. Yeah. Nine boys and three girls. Okay. So, we're in the... What do we call ourselves? The great six, I believe. Maybe not the great, the bottom six. <laughs> it's different than the great. It's literally the bottom six, yeah. not the great six, but I like it. It has a ring. Someone said that one time, I think. <laughs> so mom, dad, and 12 children. Yeah. How many bedrooms in the house growing up? Three. Three. How many of you were at home at one time? You know, I haven't thought about that. Um, I do remember like Kathleen at some point in the in the girls' room, So, but that would have been down to... Oh, we'd have to do a lot of math. Yeah, we, it's, too early, it's too early for math. So I mean, I'm not even sure. So three age. bedrooms. Mom and dad had one. No, and, yeah, and then three kids' bedrooms. Three. Oh, okay, three yep. kids' bedrooms. All right. Yeah, and sometimes we had to sleep at the neighbor's house. That's, that's what my dad always says. <laughs> and, and a tent room in the backyard, in the basement, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a room in the basement. Yeah, that's right. Makeshift in the basement. So we we found places to sleep. Yeah, that was good. Backyard they wouldn't let us you know as much we'd, we'd sneak out and we did a lot of sneaking around damien and i've been sneaking around our our whole life kind of that's true adam and i were talking about on the way here he said he's like you and damien go back further than anybody like you two are the closest long-running relationship in the family and I, it was providential that we were able to be here today and um i mean we've lived with each other throughout life different times I said the only thing that interrupted it was Jody and I getting married, and then I think you even moved in with us for a little bit, didn't you? I did, yeah, for a <laughs> so, short period and maybe a couple months or so. Couldn't get, yeah. couldn't get rid of him, and, and, and Jody still, loved it. yeah. And now we just live a few minutes apart. Wow. Do you work together also? Not in the same company, but we work with each other. Yeah, a, yeah. a lot. Like I'll see him on jobs, and I do. I do a lot of work for them, and they they help me out on jobs. So yeah, we work hand in hand not every day but a lot we see each other and we talk we talk about every day mm. mm -hmm. damien tell us about your family now so i was remarried a year ago june um i have a son reeve and a daughter ryan and then um, three more with my uh with my wife now kelly she has mackenzie who is uh 17 hunter he is 15 and Sydney who is 12. Okay. So we live I I moved to Lancaster after we just got married there in June, so mm -hmm. it's been nice to move back. I lived in Grove City for a while and so it's nice to be in town and close to my mom and dad and a lot of my family. So yeah. Excellent near family, Dan. Um yeah, back in Lancaster, uh 10 kids, Jody and I, uh seven girls and three boys and uh Four of them are kind of out of the house, and three of them are for sure out of the house, and then one's doing missionary <laughs> for work. For sure out. Well, she's doing <laughs> two-year missionary work at Damascus, so she may or may not come back. We don't know what her what what, what Ava will do. And then uh, a senior in high school, and then on down the line to, to Franny, the four-year-old. So, mm -hmm. yep. Wow. Busy and good. Full house. Amen. Yep. Let's uh, talk about this um, iron sharpens iron. Yeah is a recurring theme uh, it, it used a lot in men's ministry right but i would imagine in a house this is you know from proverbs proverbs 27 17 iron sharpens iron i would imagine in a 
home with nine boys, there was a lot of iron sharpening. <laughs> what was it like? Uh, just uh, just to grow up uh, the faith life and you know the messiness and how you guys supported each other. Well, I mean, I think you know my, our parents are just amazing. Um, uh, the way they lived out the faith. But I think they gave us room to, you know, figure out our own way. Um, not always a good way, but <laughs> we, um, it, they, they gave us the faith and, and, um, we all kind of went our own way and one way or another. And, um, but the great thing is, is they showed us the faith and I, we came back, uh, and that's, you know, all you can ask of a parent, I think. I love that that they gave us room. I've never thought of that. That's so beautiful. And uh, yeah, I'll take that home with me. They did. They did. They gave us room, and and they still do. Um, Mom, every once in a while, will just interject, and oh, g- yeah. give it to us. But uh, she's pretty good at giving us room. Yeah, they, we had room, and and we didn't have a lot of room in the house. It was it was chaotic at times. But um, but in the faith life, yes, as we. Uh, matured they gave us they gave us room and and many of us you know went in different directions and and you know 99 percent of us are we're all walking with the lord whether it's and in, directly inside the doors of the catholic church or not um m- maybe not but most of us are and and it's beautiful but everyone is living out the the ideals of the christian life in a in a beautiful way i think hmm. yeah. i think us younger boys have kind of pushed each other in a brotherhood, you yeah. know, we have that, you know, biological brotherhood, um, where younger brothers have pushed us older ones and back and forth. And, uh, so it's, you know, very grateful and fortunate. Yeah. The young punks happened. pushed us <laughs> they did. to like, they did get our faith in check. Then we got it in check and then we don't talk to them anymore. Uh, and we talked to each other about the faith. So they did a good job and then we just they kicked, did a great kicked job. them to the curb. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, and they're probably they were great right examples, now. yeah, for sure. But they're still paying the rear end. So, of course. did did you have a sense of role models among the siblings? So, did you were your older siblings? Did you intentionally role models for you, and was there an expectation on you guys to be role models to your younger siblings? What did that look like? I don't I, honestly. I don't think so so in sports probably you know because i just think back too and this is where it was beautiful mom and dad gave us room because we we really walked as a family uh, did did the stuff did the catholic stuff and and lived the faith always were at mass and and praying the rosary and doing the things and but never shoved down our throat but we also were everybody was uh athletic and super involved in sports so i think just in the physical real life tough older brother type thing um Yes, role models, spiritual role models, probably not until I'd say later in life. Mm-hmm. And then, and those were some of the younger brothers, really, that became, for me, anyways, and I know Damien, um, became the spiritual role, role models. And then I feel like um, I, I did make a decision at one point that I need to be that for my own brothers. And the, and the roles have reversed some. Okay. Um, yeah. My, like my brother Adam. Uh, yeah, we can talk about yeah, him. Yeah. Bad even if he's not, even if yeah. he's not here. No, he was on the phone yeah, with me before. He had I that told him chance. We're going to talk about right? it. 
<laughs> Tell some of that story. I, I know that Adam played a big part in your life and in, in your, your conversion. Yeah, he, he kind of called me on in the faith as, as I was three, four years into marriage with a, a few kids. And th- that sense, you know, and it happens to so many people. I've, I've even heard people on this uh, show talk about it. You start getting your kids baptized and because um, that's the thing to do, you know. And I, in fact, I was listening to Father Ricardo on the way here. And he talked about that fatherhood. And I don't know if you guys were listening to it, but um, that promise that you make as a father at the baptismal font, um, you're making a pretty, pretty important deal that you're going to bring them up and in the faith. And so at at one point, you know, I began to take that really seriously. Did did you think that you weren't doing that at at that point? Yeah, I definitely wasn't. Um, And and it's it's hard because then you get little ones and you're like, they don't know. They're not going to remember. And it's like, what's the point really? Um, so it was just for me, but, uh, now as they've grown, the children are grown and, you know, a couple married and one in seminary and, and Damien's got all these older kids, youngest being just 12. It's like, we have to give them this faith. And if we don't know it, well, they're not going to trust us. They're not going to believe us. And, um, so I in turn have, uh, like I said, Damien and I have been so close forever, so I've pushed him. And now, in and, and lots of different ways because we talk so much, he pu- he pushes me right back. Mm-hmm. It is truly an iron sharpening iron. We, we pray together. We're in a men's group together. Um, but really, all this, I think, has happened in, in later adult life. Oh, for sure, for me. I mean, I, I was not walking with the Lord, and I was seeing you after your conversion, and... Um, it was appealing, but scary, I guess. I, I, I don't really know exactly how I was feeling back then, um, going through a lot of different things in my life. But w- watching you make those changes pushed me, of course, since we were o- always so close. And y- you called me out. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the, the big change was this men's group um, for me when you said, hey, let's, let's do Exodus 90 together. And I don't know what it is. And I'm like, uh, and I, these guys, I, I knew some of them and they were like, Hey, do this. And I'm like, okay, fine. I didn't even really know what I was getting into, but do you remember I said, that first yes. night that you were there sitting around the fire and you're like, yeah. I don't even know why I'm here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember that. And, but that was a huge change, but you know, that's the great thing about our brotherhood and, um, our brotherhood is so large now, which is beautiful. Like, you know, we got together with guys last night and, uh, but that's, yeah, we definitely are sharpening each other and it's, it's a great thing. Yeah. We were together with the, what we call ourselves the patrons of St. Joseph. And then uh, uh, along with wilderness outreach, which are a lot of intermixture there. And we're planning a boys retreat, Fisher Catholic boys retreat for their senior class. And I think juniors too. Um, with uh, their theology teacher down there. And so Wilderness Outreach is putting it on, and Damien and I are helping with it. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. It's mm-hmm. going to be a rigorous day of the physical, intellectual, and the spiritual for the, the young men at Fisher. And so we sat around last night at the fire and discussed all the outline and prayed, and, and it, was, it was sweet. What I see very often is others see things going on in our lives that we don't see ourselves or aren't ready to acknowledge where we need help. 
And it's so important. It's great when we have a brother that can step into step into that completely. We've, we've talked a lot about having virtuous friendships, but there's something within a family when a brother steps in into that space and, and calls you out. What, what did Adam do for you, Dan? I mean, what did he observe and, and, and how did he approach you? Because men can also be pretty stubborn and self-sufficient and, you know, have, you know, this is my life. Let me live it, stay out of it. What, what was that dynamic with, with you and Adam? Yeah, honestly, um, I don't remember um, exactly how that, and I and I have prayed that the Lord would remind me. Um, but there was a time in my life where, you know, and now, and I'm just going to say this was a long time ago, so maybe that's why I don't remember. <laughs> but <laughs> he told me one time, he's like, Dan, you know you're my confirmation sponsor. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm your confirmation sponsor? And I couldn't believe it. But you know what? I, for, I forget. I forget things. I, I'm I'm my son-in-law's, Michael's, uh, Bella's husband, Michael. I'm his confirmation sponsor. I kind of forgot about that. Um, but that was when I was 22 years old. I was living in completely in the world, in, mm. in the world, of the world, all the world stuff. And no, 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 really as far away from the faith as maybe you could get. I think my moral compass was still decent. There was some conscience still left kicking at the last uh, heartbeat. But um so it wasn't until a number of years later, um, but it was so, I think he really didn't, it wasn't a super call out. Like Damien, like we have really called each other out and that's a difficult thing to do. And, and that's, no, I think it's a rare thing, uh, even in the family, even with people and their own children, uh, husbands and wives, uh, to be fully, it's like, but that takes uh, vulnerability to, to allow yourself to be called out. My daughter Bella, well, especially by a younger brother, Adam's your yeah. younger brother, right? Yeah, yeah, by eight years, and uh, but then even in the in, in the family with your wife or your, sp- your children or whatever, it's like uh, my the Bella had a screensaver on one on her phone one time. It said, "The light is easy to love. Show me your darkness," and it's like, whoa, that's something to think about. And and you, we've been vulnerable with one another about all the hardest things in our life whether it's the, our struggle with purity and chastity and all the things that I think many men struggle with, um, our walk with the Lord and how that manifests itself in the day to day. And because we've been vulnerable with each other, we've, there's this open door to where I can be like, Hey, how's this going? How's that going? Or, or, or vice versa. And that's hard. That's really hard, especially in the adult life with other, everybody's got stuff going on. You just, those are some tough questions. It's mm-hmm. one thing to say, hey, how's your prayer life going? That's no. that's an easy question. That's an easy question. It's an easy one to evade. Yeah. Also, it's it's good. Yeah. Yeah. What? Do you, <laughs> what yeah, right. Yeah, it's good. Great. That's, um, yeah, how are things? Yeah, everything's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen you at Mass in a while. What, what What's going on there? Yeah. What Did you not receive communion on Sunday? <laughs> Careful with that question. I mean, seriously, um, that's a that's a really intimate thing to discuss with your your brother. Um, but that, that is, I mean, these are the discussions that we have with one Mm -hmm. another and they're, they're, they're super impactful. And, and we don't have that with, I don't have that with each one of my eight siblings. I know you don't, we, I think we have something super special. Nice. Um, Absolutely. We're definitely the strongest of the bottom six. I think you gave me an opportunity to say yes to, you know, wanting more and and faith and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think everybody needs that opportunity to say yes and 
you know, and and I'm very fortunate to be able to be in that position with you, where you can call me out and I can we can have those conversations and be real. Um, so yeah, that's been. That's been and good. and it's a serious like, uh, there's been times where it's the. I used to hide from the you. hammer. Like, of, oh, I don't want to talk to him today. The, He's yeah, that, well, that, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, the hammer of love. Yeah, <laughs> it's the hammer. Dan and uh, Damian Boyden are in the cafe with us this morning. Did you invite Dan to help you with particular things, or did Dan just kind of insert himself and say? <laughs> he inserted himself for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's an easy. That's an easy You're an one. Um, <laughs> that, hence, that's why you hid from him, right? Right. Well, and, and I think you know, I going through the things in my life, I, I was hiding from everyone, uh, mm-hmm. knowing what I, by seeing what Dan was doing and the changes he was making and some of my younger brothers. And, um, I knew I needed to do that, but it seemed hard. And I, you know, I, I, I just wasn't walking with the Lord and it's, that's an everyday, that's an everyday thing. That's, that's the, that's the great thing about having this brotherhood is being able to call each other out on a daily basis and we talk almost daily yeah well man it, it, isn't it so easy to stay you know where we are yeah and, and you get so comfortable e, e, even in, in in the good things and things that are you know like really having a good prayer life but but there's always more and, and that's where as amanda and i were talking earlier about um finding that more you know inviting god into every situation and and really pursuing him, he he wants to give you more, and sometimes we just get stuck and are complacent. Amanda, um, yeah, Damien. So you, earlier you had said that yeah that you saw what your brother was doing and it seemed kind of scary, and then just now you had mentioned it just seemed hard. Was is that are you using those synonymously? Just kind of those feelings of how do I get there or what was that like? Right, and I, I think it's. I didn't feel like I was good enough to do, you know, to make these changes and, and I didn't know how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, having someone in your corner saying, talking to you every day, Hey, Hey, you can do this. Let's pray together. And, and, um, th- there was multiple things that, that happened where, you know, <laughs> he, he asked me and like, even what I'm doing right now is very much out of my comfort zone, <laughs> but, uh, he asked me one time to do a um, uh, talk on St. Joseph, and it was with a group of men, and um, it was at Damascus. And um, I was like, Dan, I, I'm not doing this. This is not This is not right. I, I can't do it. I just, we yeah, I was, crushed it. And, and we, yeah, we did. We, <laughs> we did. And I remember laying in my bed, and this, this is before I got married to my wife, Kelly, and um, I was writing stuff down. I just remember, I think I called Dan and said, I, oh, yeah. I don't even know how this sounds. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I, that was a, that was a big, that was a big step for me. And, and I, th- that's where, and, and at that point, I think I had, I, I had been going to the men's conferences. It was like that one that, uh, uh, I think what you said, Amanda, the, the mountaintop experience I was having, you know, once a year. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is not going to, this won't cut it. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it it was just that push and, um, you know, and, and now I'm trying to push my son and, and, 
some other men in, in that direction as well, um, to the best of my ability, I guess. And what this keeps on bringing back to mind is just some of the conversations that we've had in the past in the cafe, just this idea of the importance of community and pushing each other and calling each other on and doing this together. It, guys are fixers, right? And, and you both are in, in businesses that fix things, yeah. right? And, yeah. and mm-hmm. I could tell you a friendship approach or a way of evangelization that doesn't work was to step into a situation say, you know, and say, I see that you're a mess. Let me tell you the right way to do it. Yeah, it, 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 it's... That's that's not done out of friendship. It, it it's so much better to enter into into the brokenness, but you have to have a relationship to do that. It, was that your experience also, or did you step in and say, "I'm I'm going to fix you"? Uh, part part of that, I, I I have to fight against that because I love I love uh, the faith so much now, and I do. I just part of me loves that we're we're all so competitive. So I think the devil a lot of times will say, stay out of this. Um, you only want to win this battle. You only want to win this debate. You only want to win this argument. This has nothing to do with God. Um, and that's a lie. I, I do have to be careful. Uh, I need to be careful in, in how I um, come across to people. Um, but that's a lie to just quit talking and evangelizing. And um, it is for the love of God. And And I am passionate. And sometimes I'm like, is this really a pro- is this person like a project? But honestly, oh, okay. yeah. I, I, and but but I I know in my heart um, when I'm having mountaintop experiences, which I try to have them every day, and 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 it, they really come from a heart of gratitude. I mean, we've had how many? We talk so much, um, and and sometimes we'll go go on and on, and, and it was funny. We'll just sit around and be like, okay, now that we've figured everything out. Let's get together and talk about this so we can figure out everybody's problems and fix them, you know. <laughs> and um, but truly, these mountaintop experiences come when we see through great struggle, whether it's something with you and your kids or me and my kids, and then um, or a great struggle that we're we're undergoing, and then there's victory, you know. And we're like, and we can call and share the victory, and we're like, yes. So there's this consolation, and th- I think that consolation that God is just letting us know that he's present and aware and in our life. That's like a mountaintop experience. Like, okay, we aren't just going through this alone. The Lord is here and he just gave us a consolation. I pray for consolations for people all the time just so they can, that's just a small little like kiss. Yeah. That the Lord. So that, yeah, the prayer that they can taste, (laughs) taste the goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned community, Amanda. Outside of, uh, family relationships. How how do you cultivate this community? How do you pursue virtuous friendships? Hmm. I think for me, I really think it's about being intentional, and this idea of okay, well, cultivating something like recognizing something in someone else and recognizing okay, like we. We both do want to take uh, sainthood seriously or the faith seriously and, okay, how can we do that together? And being intentional about cultivating the relationship and then also 
taking the relationship to a point where, okay, now we, we have a comfortable level where we can call each other on. Um, and I, I think, think the word that difference. you use cultivates really important because yeah. you, you don't become best friends overnight. You, you, number one, you don't, you don't have that trust at, mm-hmm. at the beginning that that's something that is cultivated and you have to be intentional about building that relationship to the point where you can be vulnerable with each other and, and offer, offer, uh, correction or intercession that has to be right. earned in a lot, in a lot of respects. Yeah. So there's like two sides of it, right? This idea of, okay, it takes time to cultivate that and putting effort into that and not getting discouraged, but continuing to cultivate versus we could also get caught up in this kind of we're fine where we're at not really pushing ourselves to call each other on and or to go deeper. So I think it takes both. Dan and Damian Boyden are here in the cafe with us. We need refills. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to St. Gabriel Cafe. A prayer for Ohio. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all of your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your Spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and walking with pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of circumspection is seen in Blessed Miguel Pro. He lived circumspection heroically by carefully taking into account circumstances during the anti-Catholic persecution in Mexico. As a priest, he knew people needed the sacraments, reflected on the circumstances, and decided to continue serving. He used his talents to work undercover in creative disguises, continuing to serve until his death as a martyr for the faith. Let us ask Blessed Miguel Pro to pray for us, that we too may grow in circumspection. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. I'm Lori Crock, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. Gossip is not holy or healthy. So how does gossip creep into our lives? There are times when an interaction with someone can be confusing or frustrating. 
it can be tempting to vent about it to another, which doesn't solve anything, and in fact, it usually makes us feel worse. We can look to the saints for wisdom about gossip. Saint Jose Maria Escriba said, After seeing how many people waste their lives, their whole lives, tongues wagging, 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 and all the inevitable consequences, silence seems preferable to me and more necessary than ever. And I well understand, Lord, why we have to give an account of all our idle words. Let us pray. Jesus, help us to lean on you and act with love. We are tempted to gossip about others. May we always prefer silence and prayer over using hurtful words. We ask this in your most holy name. Amen. Welcome back to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller. Dan and Damian Boyden are our guests here in the cafe. Uh, Damian, you had mentioned something about worthiness, and I think this is such an important uh, topic for us to talk about. Uh, feeling worthy to to participate in in the faith with others. You, you, you look at we often measure, I guess, our own our own uh, faith, our own walk with the Lord to where other people are. And, and that's not always a bad thing. You know, that, that if it's aspirational, you know, I want what Dan has that, that can be a really good thing if it, if it uh, attracts us, but that's how the evil one gets in our mind also is I'll never have what Dan has. And how many times I think that it's kept me away. It's, kept so many guys away from going a little bit deeper what can we do to again amanda used the word cultivate what can we do to invite men into a brotherhood especially a brotherhood here that that inspires them and encourages them rather than pushes you know push them away well it i First of all, I believe it's how you live your life um, that people see. And just like I was watching Dan and Adam and um, Nick and, it, you know, people around me. You have to um, say everybody's name now that you started with them. <laughs> Get all 12. <laughs> and Chris I was Dominic and Sean and Terry and Ben. You got to yeah, go yeah, through the you line too, here. Chris. Um, no, I, and the others. Right. But it's, it, you know, just like in our, in our workspace, um, you know, my brother Dominic, and uh, he he really has changed his life greatly. And, and uh, but he, he's showing it with the way he talks. And, and we, we've been fortunate enough to work for a lot of um, the Catholic community in Columbus. And it's the, those people see us and how we act and treat them. And, and, but I think the big thing is, is showing by your actions. Um, and and then talking about all, all the stuff we're talking about today and yeah. what we talk what Dan and I talk about with our men's group and um, but the big thing to me is is how you live your life and showing it. One thing I've noticed with men's ministry and specifically with the the men's conference, guys don't feel that they're at that point in their journey where they can really participate fully because everyone that goes to these gatherings and to these conferences are 
They're holy guys, and I'm not a holy guy. Why don't I have the red shirt like everyone else? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, just stick around for confession, yeah, and 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 you'll see what really is going on here. You're you're going to see two thousand men get in line to reveal their brokenness, you know, to a priest through the sacrament and beg for forgiveness, and, and that's. That was everything for me to see, oh, man, these guys are actually walking with me, not way ahead of me. Well, I remember when we we met at Dan's house for one one of these. For the men's conference? Or, or, no. In the garage? No. Yeah. The you, COVID year? Yeah, COVID year was the best men's conference. That, that was, <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> no, but I, re- I remember thinking to myself, um, I'm I'm amongst these men, John Bradford and Dan and Pete McCann and all these guys that I really look up to, and and I'm thinking to myself, why am I here? I don't. But they're like like you were talking about the devils telling me this, like leave. Um, but that's that's the opportunity they gave me to stay, and and then I chose to stay. How about like uh, I mean, there's been so many things. If we go go back, and I'm, I won't mention any names, but You've you've in turn invited people. You've invited men. You're living differently. He'd get, go on these tri- trips with his friends and not super wholesome activity all the time. Even if it's just on the golf course with just carrying on and and he's like making these great changes. Guys take notice. Guys that haven't maybe been to been to mass in a long long time. Damien invites them. The guy's coming. He he, he ends up. I mean, at that men's conference, a man made his first couple men that you invited there, made their first confession, and one of them was like 20 years. I mean, I've talked to priests, and they're like, this is what I was, this is what I'm here for. This is the greatest thing ever for a man to come and confess his sins to me that ha- that hasn't been in 20 years plus. Um, this certain man wasn't praying with, not praying before meals, not going to mass, not doing anything. All of a sudden, he's walking with us, part of our group um and living out the faith and it's tough because his, his kids are older and almost graduated from high school and he's like i missed every i've totally messed this up and it's like it's never too late right Th- your kids are always going to be watching you you're going to be preparing them for their adult life even though they're already adults um you're going to make a great change in your life he didn't feel worthy um life big time life-changing deal and we haven't talked to him in a while and we both know that we haven't talked to him in a while and we need to reach back out to him and see how he's doing. And so it's uh, a lot of people think that you can only have a couple really good close friends. And I just think that's, if we don't have time for community and for other souls, I mean, that's a hard thing to like, I heard somebody say like, there's maybe nothing more holy than you'll ever encounter outside of the blessed sacrament than another soul, Mm. no matter who that soul is even if it's a wretched person, you know, uh, that's something to consider. And so we, we've, we've seen, and I've seen that with both of us where we've strayed away or quit working so hard and, and then we're, and there's, there's that invitation and it's gotta be like you said, I think when the way you live your life, yeah, you, you live your life so that it's inviting, but that also, if it's authentic and real, you're not shoving it down somebody's throat. You're not judging them for sure. That's the biggest thing. It's like, how can I, I'm comparing myself. I think women struggle with that a lot. I see it because I got a bunch of girls and 
always comparing themselves to others. Um, so that's a, that's a good thing that we are always reminding one well, another of. And with our brotherhood and the way we're living our life, it trickles down to our family, our kids and, um, you know, yeah, they see it. I mean, Brant's a seminary. You've said this, how many seminarians, like we would get on this morning call to do, to do morning prayer, um, with sometimes 10, 12 guys. And Brant used to be on the call all the time before he, he left us all for the seminary and someday he'll, he'll be back in, but he surprises <laughs> every once in a while. It's really sweet. But he was doing that when he was 15 years old with, with us. And these guys, he's even said the other seminaries be like, man, your dad's got this great group of guys like that he hangs with, yeah. prays with. It's when did amazing. Brand, do you remember when Brant went to his first men's conference? Because I we've had you guys on the air, the Boydens yeah. uh, on, on the air at, at conferences, and there's three generations, I think, typically, right? That would be yeah. coming together, or is it four? Three was three generations? Reeve, your son, Reeve, was on. Yeah. Dad was, was me, on. Me, Dad, and Reeve. Yeah, you, you threw me into that one. Well, because I, <laughs> I didn't have a kid, and this was I another know. thing I was I, helping so you out. Was I shoved, literally shoved you into the booth and said, see ya. I had left <laughs> I love how that happens, but uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah he so, was probably. I had to, I did have to make sure the one year father Larry came. I knew it was going to be a little rough, so I was like, okay, uh, I checked the content. But I actually think he went um, whenever that whenever Father Larry Richards was there, and he, he was had in, to have been in his early 13, to mid teens. Yeah, early yeah. thirteen, fourteen. After yeah. I had already spoke with him about the theology of the body, at least to a degree that could prepare him for what he would hear that that time, because that one was um, it was good. Good. We all needed to hear that message, but yeah. And then every year it's just been a thing. Um, and then a lot of time, I mean, we'll, we've been done a lot of, we don't camp a lot, but when we have, it's been because, and through John, uh, Bradford and wilderness outreach discernment, he'll do discernment camp outs. In fact, we're doing one, um, for anyone out there, get on John's website, wilderness outreach. It's a father and sons, uh, discernment camp out. It's just a two, two day little deal at Tar Hollow. And I think it's first part of November, but it's for kids 14 through 17. And then, and I think, um, Brant's going to get let out of seminary for that weekend. Okay. And, and so I got to go, I get to go sleep on the ground with, with my son again, because <laughs> we, we went to so many of those discernment campouts and now he's actually in the process of discerning. So John, John wants us there to There'll be outdoor mass and all kinds of cool stuff happening and work and play. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about daughters. We've been talking a lot, uh, you know, about our relationships with our, our brothers and, and sons. What have you learned? Share, share your wisdom on, cause I, I have three daughters and how do you parent differently with your daughters? Oh, it's completely different. Uh, for me, I think that the most important, oh, this is okay. I get, get, I get choked up thinking about this stuff because it takes me right to our Lord and, uh, Joseph and Mary. And how is it possible that Mary can be the most of anything? It's like Damien, um, we're the, you know, I, I, Damien, he was my best man. Mm -hmm. I was his best man. So I'm always like, Damien, you, you are the best. And he was like, Dan, you're the best. So we go back and forth. And it's impossible that we, we both can. That one out. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you are the best. But it's like, how can we both be the best? The best is the top. There's only one at the top. The most. There's only one most. Where Mary and Joseph share these titles, um, and which 
really defies science, science, and science in the world. There can't be the most of anything and, and be two of them. It's just the same. That's a singular thing. Um, but I think the most important person in a, in a girl's life is her dad. And I think the most important person in her life is her mother. Um, but I'll go back to the dad because I'm the dad. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the impact of the father, the voice of the father being the voice that she comes to, to learn who she is, how she was made, that birds and the bees stuff, um, that coming from the father's voice, I think is a, a game changer, a world changer. Um, that's how Adam and Eve came to know who they are through the voice of the father, the, the life giver, and um, not the life bearer, but the life giver. And I think that's the game changer altogether. How we unpack that, I've done it with my girls. It's a lot of guys have heard me talk about that and they're like are you kidding me you've said that this that and the other um and it's probably not fit for radio a lot of it but it's the you know the dad teaching the theology the body that's a whole game changer they Mm -hmm. trust you um they're looking for a guy like you and yeah it's that's that's a obviously completely different than the boys um but he's the he's the guy for the boys too but yeah it's different i mean damien and damien's got these young daughters well, again I've, now I've learned a lot from dan on 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 all that and, and it's tough with the um with the blended family um trying to navigate that uh, but with with my own daughter i i think that i've kind of given her that space maybe that my parents gave me um and may i'm not sure that i i did it for the same reasons but um <clears throat> i i'm she's 19 and uh she lives with her brother right now and and um and i and just she's amazing she she is she is and uh i i i just i text her you know did you go to mass are you you know i love you that like the, those type of things just staying engaged as a father um and then she you know she has to make those choices just just as my son does i i can't make those for them anymore now i you know there there were those times i had I don't want to go to mass while you're going to mass and, and just doing those small things, which in turn are end up being big, um, which is what our parents did with us. Um, they, they showed us the faith and then we have to make, we have to make the decisions as we move on. Um, good or bad. We're going to, there's consequences to both. (laughs) So like dad um, always says, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's in Proverbs also somewhere. <laughs> that so. should definitely be in Proverbs or Wisdom for sure. Well, yes. you know, as father, that for for both sons and daughters, obviously, but I think especially for daughters, there's that role of protector, mm. you know, to protect their virtue, to, um, yeah, just, just to protect. But then as they transition then into the teen years then into young adulthood there that role changes you still want to be the protector but then it my mind shifted a lot towards modeling you know that that especially at that age boy i just hope you find relationships that are healthy and god i hope that i've modeled that for you and that and that's one of my fears you know when they get older and they start to um, recognize that you know we're we're sinners that we're that you know we fail 
that we um, still show virtue and something that they should be. They look at us and they see the best qualities that they're looking for in a spouse. Yeah, they seem, I mean, that you you nailed it, right? It, my daughter Bella's listening to this, I bet, and she's loving this because what you just said is perfect. And this is exactly it. Uh, there's this stages in life. You look at your parents and they're perfect and they're the authority and they don't do anything wrong and this and that. And you grow a little bit older and start to realize, uh, whoa, wait a minute, my parents are wrong sometimes and maybe even sinful sometimes. And you model not only going to confession, but you model the mercy for them. Like she thinks I'm way too merciful. Uh, Bella, if you're listening, I'm not way too merciful. It's impossible. She wants justice. Um, she wants justice for those other little kids. Um, and now she's learning because she's a mom now. So, uh, But it's like error on the side of mercy. And we can't be, we, can, God, we can't fathom his mercy. And they see that. Um, and that's like, that's the, that's the game changer for your kids. When they see you and understand that you are a broken sinful person but you extend mercy and you say like i've had to go to my kids i don't know how many different times and apologize humble myself um and sometimes it's been very difficult but they're like yes this this is a real man he he just like literally bowed down to me and said i'm sorry for for hurting you in this way or that way or in admitting sometimes a pretty hard thing um and that that's where you can not win them over, but just like, that's who they're going to look for in their life. And there are great men out there that maybe don't even know they're great. Like this guy here who, you know, makes me cry when, when you say, I didn't think I was worthy. Like you're the greatest man ever that I know. And to think that it's like the Lord like weeps over that whole idea. And he's like, no, I'm, I want you now right where you are in your brokenness. And, um, you know, if we can get a little bit of that to our kids, they're going to be they're going to be just fine. And then they get married to a great guy and you don't have to worry about them anymore. Well, my kids, my, <laughs> my kids have all these, all, all these great men to, to look at. And, and, and so it's not just me. And then it goes back to community. And, um, you know, my son, he knows a lot of my, uh, men's group friends and he was actually part of it for a period of time. And, um, and we then need my to dog, drag him back in hardcore. I, I know, I know. He, he might be listening. We'll see. He, or he could be sleeping, one of the two. Um, but but my daughter sees those same things and times where I beat myself up, like I really messed up and how I talked to her um, and he, he, even like my wife. But um, it's the same same thing. It's going to confession and and them seeing that's, that's where it's at. I, you know, I'm a broken man. I'm going to make these mistakes. Um, but you get a second chance, just yeah. like just like they do. Um, so what do we a, say every time? You call me with all this gripe, or I call you with some gripe about something that happens. And, and our first question is, "What did you say? You're sorry?" <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, mm -hmm. I, I'm not calling for that. I'm like, no, you're wrong here. Uh, you can only control yourself, and we both do this back and forth. You know, unfortunately, too often. Amen. <laughs> Damien and Dan Boyd, and thanks for being in the cafe with us this morning. Let's. Let's make an effort today to call each other to, uh, to greatness and, and to inspire and encourage and welcome others into life with Christ. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the, beginning, was in the beginning, is now and ever, and shall, now and ever be. shall be. World without, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great weekend.